0: Santos Puffed Crapola, the foam rubber breakfast cereal shot from Nerf Guns, presents Sergeant Redpants of the Yukon.
1: Listen, hear the sound of those racing paws? It's the sound of a dog running and intermittently releasing intestinal gas. Yes, he's the swiftest, strongest, gassiest, and most transgender of all North Country sled dogs. Yukon Sparky! Maybe she blazes a trail for Sergeant Red Pants of the Northwest Mounted Police Auxiliary every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights right here on this radio station. Yukon Sparky drags Sergeant Red Pants into another dangerous and embarrassing fix for the pert, single, man-crazy, non-commissioned Canadian officer dedicated to relentless, even obsessive pursuits of desperate, lonely men and lawbreakers.
2: On Yukon, Sparky, on Huskies, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer, on Vixen, on the snow again. I can't
3: get ready the The life I love is making music with my friends. I can't wait Gold,
0: believe it or not, in Canada. Hordes of motley men resembling Charlie Chaplin and Charles Manson race for the riches. As we take you back to the days of this gold rush, we trust you kids are right now digging into bowls of delicious, non nutritive Monsanto crapola. The breakfast treat made from flavorous chunks of fungus, treated effluent gluten, and wads of recycled toilet paper, all of it shot from Saturday night specials. Eat up! buy more. Sergeant Redpants and her styling dog Yukon Sparky expect no less from you.
2: Extra, extra! Hear all about it.
1: Yes kids, hear all about how you can have your very own swell pocket edition of George Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit, translated from the original German by Sergeant Redpant. With it, you can match wits with your smart-ass kitty pals whenever you get together to smoke dope or discuss the ontological implications of freedom and morality. Sergeant Redpants, you know, is a part-time adjunct lecturer in the University of Winnipeg School of Dentistry, so you know her translation has got to be good, just like Monsanto's chewier-than-latex breakfast cereal shot out of various orifices of Swiss monopolists.
0: It's August, and the long Yukon winter drags on. Crack musher Laszlo Billy-Bong, one of the Yukon Trading Company's proudest haulers of gold, crack, and sundry items, heads out of Dawson with a sled load of gold, crack, and sundry items. Even if he were sober, he'd have to travel night and day to reach the company's headquarters in the bustling metropolis of White Horse.
1: Otherwise, the trail would become impassable, and he would have to switch to a four-wheel-drive sled, a time-consuming task that would make him miss his own crack fix. A bad situation to be in when in the Yukon, boys and girls. Let this be a lesson, as Laszlo says... Kids, when
4: you're hooked on crack, never come to the Yukon.
0: We catch up with Billabong as he and his sled pass the the rock-around-the-clock disco just outside Dawson. Suddenly, a man steps out on the trail ahead of him, forcing Laszlo to ponder.
4: Hmm, the code of the Yukon makes it a capital crime to pass by a stranger without at least tossing him a loony or two, unless he's a racial minority. Then it's okay to spit on him. This guy is no recognizable minority, so I... whoops I just ran over the fellow's foot. Aye, sailor. Any chance...
1: Any chance of riding with you to the next, uh...
4: The next way camp? Go screw yourself, you big old drunk. You must weigh at least 850 kilos.
1: Only on my best day.
4: I've already got too much weight in valuable gold, crack, and sundry knickknacks on this sled. The frogs can't pull anymore.
0: Oh, so you got a frog sled? That's what it says in the script. Another man emerges from the shadow and creeps up behind Laszlo. Nice
1: work, Louis Jordan, or whatever your frickin' Canook name is. I think you winged him with that oozy.
5: Hey hey, no time for congratulations. They come later after we have what stolen these headlines he at Westminster Benstalkino Club. And move the gold to the hiding place. And many not Louis Jordan, is Pierre Deber. Oh, uh.
4: Oh, hey, hey, what happened? I dreamed I was Neil Young, fighting off dozens of Canadian maidens who also looked like Neil Young, but in drag.
5: I do not know what happened, mon ami. I find you lying beside your sled without the with media bullet Whoever did
4: this got the million and a half Canadian loonies worth of gold dust I was carrying, and my copy of Jugs. Let's hope they didn't get the crack. So, how much
5: is that in the real money?
4: Seven bucks American. Of all the stupid nun skulls, I fell for the trick. They get you to banter with a guy about frog sleds while another guy sneaks up and shoots you with an Uzi. I've got to get back to Dawson.
5: Uh, Monsieur, I am going to Dawson too. Is a guest lecturer at Dawson School of Ellicottion? May I travel with you?
4: He took my frogs, but I don't know why you shouldn't come along. After all, I haven't got any cargo now. If you'll pull the sled, I'll steer. And when we get to Dawson, you can back up my story when I tell it to the fuzz.
5: Oh, oui, oui, bon. It would be my pleasure. My name is Pierre. I can't
4: understand
2: you, what?
5: Like the wily, devious walks. Might I suggest that uh, you pull and I steer? Let me speaking of undesirable background.
4: I don't know how familiar you are with the hydromatic transmissions on these newer sleds. They can be tricky. I'll steer and you pull.
5: Well, ah.
4: Tell you what, I'll flip you for it. Heads, you drive and I pull. Uh, tails, I drive and you pull. Ready? Here goes.
6: <laughs> there,
4: I flipped you. Your head is stuck in the snowbank and your ass is sticking out of it. That's the universal definition of tails i
1: drive upon reaching dawson the two men stop at the yukon company trading store to pick up a six pack of moose drool and the latest issue of jugs they collect the local manager kurt edgar and zip on over to the northwest mounted police ladies auxiliary headquarters where laszlo tells his story to sergeant redpants
2: nice laszlo i've never heard that story of a priest rabbi and a rastafarian walking into a bar just told in just that that way but
4: are you sure the fellow who robbed you was six foot four no i said he was four foot six uh sorry
2: i'm a little dyslexic and he weighed about 850 kilos black beard red clown nose he must have looked like a crazed beach ball that escaped from the circus.
4: Yeah, and he had a scar that began along the side of his mouth and extended all the way down to his penis. So you saw his penis? Yes, but only when he pulled his pants down. Hmm, sounds like maybe a circumcision gone
2: bad. Quite common in the Yukon. And he was wearing an evening gown, you say?
4: That's right, Sergeant. At a guess, and Yves Saint Laurent.
0: But you didn't see the man who riddled you with a machine gun? No, Kurt. If you'd only taken a gunslinger along with you, this wouldn't have happened. Guns kill people.
2: Wouldn't that have been safer, Laszlo?
4: Irrelevant. When the Tories were in power, they let the trails go to hell. The extra weight of a gunslinger would have slowed me down. Besides that, all our company gunslingers are disgusting pederasts and rapists.
2: Pierre, would you like to add something here?
7: Honor, Sergeant. I may be French, but I am not a pederast or rapist.
2: What I want to know is whether you saw this man in the black and white evening. Yeah.
7: Ah, uh, yes, I did. He was, how do you say, quite beautiful without a guard and a tiara. What the and fuck is that guy meat. saying? Oh, okay. Can anybody and, understand but, him? You would decide against keeping on telling these crazy lies of yours. but you would tell the <laughs> truth.
0: Just what are you driving at, Pierre, you sinister, filthy, Frenchy frog?
7: Sergeant, last night, as I came from the big box store, I buy the squirrels I use for my trapping. I hit the trail at the rock around the marketplace. I could see two men and two sleds. One had a big, hairy beard, red nose. They looked like a beach ball, but wearing a black...
2: Did that guy swallowed a frickin' frog or what? All all I can understand is beach ball.
0: What?
5: Laszlo was into the mine. Here is gold, and you know where to take it. We will split it later.
4: What are you talking about? You've got it all mixed up. I
0: never. Let Froggy finish, Billy Bong.
5: Well, he, Laszlo uh, billy Bang, he say, it has to look like I put up a fight here, Mr. Beachball, so you must shoot many eyes into me. Do not worry, for my hamster fur overcoat will prevent serious damage.
2: That's a lie,
5: you dirty little snail snacker.
4: Take it easy, Laszlo.
5: The round man, he shoot Laszlo, Laszlo fall down, go boom! and round man, he drive off. Maybe to
2: rejoin the circus?
5: Whether Laszlo be really unconscious or just napping, I do not know. But I stick there, and in a while, he opened his eyes and tell me a fine story.
0: And you pretended to believe him?
5: I have hand to believe about God. I ask for a right to dozen. Laszlo, I do not believe you want that boy. You make a mistake. Perhaps if you tell Monsieur Edgar where his good is, he will forgive you. And in several years. I they
2: we get an interpreter for that guy. Nobody understands the word he's saying.
5: Into, into the sunset of Mardemar.
4: Why, you dirty little
0: raton! Every word of it's a lie. What are you doing? Trying to send me to jail? Tell me where the gold is, tell the sergeant where your partner is, and the company won't press charges. Yes, you might have to go into rehab, lose your company 401k, be demoted to working in the mailroom, and cold-shouldered at the Friday afternoon branch cocktail parties, but that will be the extent of it.
4: Pressing charges? I've been driving for the company ever since Wayne Gretzky was knee-high to a Montreal expo. Long before Alex Trebek could grow a moustache. Before Justin Bieber discovered his dick. And yet you buy the lies of this croissant-smelling camembert cheese. I don't know where the gold is. All right, if
0: that's your last word, arrest him, Sergeant!
4: You sure you want to charge him
2: with robbery on the basis of this cheap French baguette's testimony?
0: Billabong gives me no choice.
2: I have to arrest you, Laszlo. if Kurt insists on it, he's the one who provides Yukon Sparky with his squeaky toys. But it will be a jury that decides whether you're guilty or not, Billabong.
0: Later that day, Sergeant Redpants brings Karen Egger into the Dawson Pokey to see Laszlo. Karen, young, pretty, but no Anne Murray, is Kurt Egger's niece. She manages to give Laszlo a gap-toothed smile as she and the sergeant reach his cell.
6: Laszlo, darling, I had to come and cheer you up and tell you I don't believe a word of it.
4: Karen, making funny faces is not really cheering me up, but thanks for coming anyway, dear.
6: I'm not making funny faces. You know my eyes have always been crossed. And I don't understand why Kurt should take that filthy Frenchman's word in preference to yours.
4: I'm beginning to understand.
2: Uh, you are? I figured maybe this whole script was over your head.
6: Laszlo, what are you getting at?
4: You won't like this, my sweet little goofy-eyed nymph. Or you either, Karen. You'll hate this, Karen, just as you hate the lumpy poutine I make for us every Saturday night.
6: Well, it's not that bad. And I want to hear what you have to say.
4: You know that Kurt's fallen into terrible debt with the construction overruns on that ill-advised curling rink he had built in his backyard. All those brooms didn't come cheap, either.
6: I know he's lost money, but he's paid off his debts.
4: Yes, but how? He works for minimum wage. Even a job at McDonald's would pay more.
6: You're not suggesting that Kurt?
4: Quit his job and go work for McDonald's? Oh, I don't know what I'm suggesting. I, I'm i just innocent and that's all there is to it. And I don't mind shifting the blame to a guy who eats his own boogers, namely your uncle.
6: They can't convict Laszlo, can they, Sergeant? Well, they can if they don't like
2: the cut of his jib, Karen, or the fact he eats his own boogers.
6: No, it's Uncle Kurt, not Laszlo, who eats his own boogers. I finally t- tell Laszlo to stop cutting his jib, just just in case something like this happens. When will this trial come up? Uh, not for at least a dozen years.
2: Justice moves very slowly in these parts but I'm going to try and find that man in the black and white dress and find the gold. If anyone has seen that cross-dressing bandit, they might remember him and report him to me. One problem, cross-dressers are not all that uncommon in these parts, but that red clown nose should be a big tip-off.
1: The man in the black and white gown was closer than anyone imagined. His name was Brad Peters and, unknown to everyone, even Karen. He was sitting in the office of the Yukon Trading Company store with Kurt Edgar and the evil
0: Pierre Renault. Leaving the jail, Karen walks up to the store and enters. Even though the store is dark, she can see a double image of a light in her uncle's office. Her bad eyes, you know. She approaches Kurt's office, determined to convince him to withdraw his charges against Laszlo. Then she hears an argument going on inside.
5: Why are you so nervous, Brad?
1: I'm upset about that other Brad breaking up with Angelina. Plus, I want my share of the gold and be out of here.
7: You will head straight for the border, I suppose. Let me tell you, that is impossible. The police will be looking for a short, fat man with a clown nose wearing a high-fashion dress. Ipso facto, lie low for a few days. We will find some way to get you out of the country, but you must give us time. I have a place you can hide.
0: On a cheerier note, I've saved the gold, and it's all here. 25000 10000 goes back in the company safe to make up for what I took out. We'll split the other 15,000 three ways. Here's your share, Brad. And yours, you sick French tickler, 5,000 worth of gold.
5: Now, wait a minute. You are getting three times as much as Edapar Brad or me.
0: You're counting the part that goes back into the company, Till? Like you know I'm short. I've got to make up for what I stole from the company.
7: I am short, too, but I am French. Brad is not so short, but he is very round. Why should your debt come out of our how do you say our, our pockets? We make a deal, cat. Because you allow us to use the customer bathroom whenever we want, I am prepared to be jealous. You may have ten thousand dollars. The remaining fifteen thousand goes to Brad and Why?
0: Screw that, Marcel Marceau
7: Why?
5: Why? It is fair. Is it not Brad? Sure. Pierre's right, Kurt. And may I remind you that we are here against one.
0: Yes, see this gun? It evens the odds.
5: You are pointing to your manhood. Your manhood shoots blanks and does not even the odds.
0: I'm pointing to my gun belt, not my... You're a smooth talker, Pierre, but you made an agreement, and you're going to stick with it. Your share is five thousand.
5: Do I understand you correctly? You would, how they say, shoot me? If I disagree.
0: You got that right, Mademoiselle de Armentiers. You can have five thousand or nothing.
7: Well, in that case. I will accept the 5,000. Better to have a bell in the hand than a, a sausage in the bush.
6: I'm satisfied, Brad? <coughs> hey,
1: what's that? That's something out in the store.
2: Wheat and rice, for shot from guns, is my favorite cereal.
1: Well, what could be sweller? I. I'll tell you what could be sweller. Monsanto's puff crapola now made the modern way in beakers and minimum wage chem labs all over the world. No more bunches and bunches of guys shooting human waste out of police model 12 gauge street sweepers. Crapola now better than ever with all the nutrition of a Swiffer floor mop.
0: Hey, imagine Monsanto, puffed crapola, offering everyone a complete miniature model of the city of Dawson. Complete with all the people, the animals, the houses of ill repute, all clearly labeled. And a cutout of Sergeant Redpants and a concerned Yukon Sparky standing on the roof of the mounted police headquarters. Well, imagine on kids, the suits at Monsanto has decided against this offer. They saw no way of making a profit on it.
1: Instead, we're presenting the Sergeant Red Pants translation of German philosopher George Hegel's popular treatise on the meaning of life. Just send Red Pants 200 box tops, kids, from packages of Monsanto Puff Crapola, along with $35, American, and we'll rush it to your home.
2: Gosh, that model tossing would have been really nice, complete with years of Canadian citizens escapees from Trump's America, farm buildings, Queenie the Collie, and Bossy the Cow.
1: Yes, little Glenda, that would have been nice, but like I said, Monsanto decided it couldn't make a profit off something like that.
2: Gee, what fun we could have had with that Monsanto model of Dawson.
0: Come on, Glenda, let's shut up about that now. It's not going to happen. I know, it would have been loads of fun, but the CFO of Monsanto would not have had fun. So too bad. You'll never see it, but consider all you'll learn by reading Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit instead. Send for it today! Don't forget those box tops. No, don't wait one more minute to get your hands on one of the limited supply of Hegel books. Simply go to your grocer's nest for the new packages of Monsanto puffed crapola. Not shot from guns anymore. After all, who in their right mind shoots breakfast cereal from guns? Only the NRA. Now, back to our story.
1: I heard something out in the store.
0: There's nobody out there. Well, all right, so there's rats. Just judging by all the turds you find and the breakfasts you cook from oatmeal you've brought here, you should know that rats have made this whole store their personal latrine. That's why I eat box crapola. Better than the rat turds. You mean them
1: things in my cereal wasn't raisins? Well, anyway, that noise didn't sound like no rats to me. Being a klutz as well as visually impaired, Karen trips over a rat, then stumbles across a case of slightly imperfect, rat-nibbled condoms as she starts for the door. It's the girl. She's headed for the front door. Oh, no you don't, sweetheart.
6: Why, you're wearing that black and white evening gown by Oscar de la Renta. What?
1: How dare you? It's by Hugo Boss. You're not getting out of here. Hey, that's my
6: niece. Uncle Kurt. All that gold on your desk. That's what was stolen from Laszlo by Pierre and that ball-shaped man. And you were the one who planned it, Uncle Kurt. How could you? I had
0: to. I owe Toronto Tommy $10,000 for that curling rink. I had to pay him off if I didn't want to be worked over with the brooms. So I took the money from the company's funds intending to pay it back.
6: By stealing?
0: No one would ever have known that.
6: Oh yes, they would. You can't get away with it.
0: Karen, you wouldn't go to the police with what you know, would you?
6: The first chance I get, Kurt. I love Laszlo, even if I don't have a clear picture of what he looks like. We're going to be married. Do you think I'll let you send him to some maximum security prison in Saskatchewan?
5: Is it all of Saskatchewan a maximum security prison? (laughs) But I digress.
6: And you, beach ball man. Sergeant Redpants has your description and she's going after you. You won't get away, that's for sure.
1: I'm
0: getting out of here. Gotta get rolling.
6: Won't do you any good.
0: Karen, just because Brad uses double negatives doesn't mean you should too. I can't have you rat us out to the fuzz, you're my niece, but I'll do anything to protect myself. After all, I'm so insecure I always wear two condoms.
5: Okay, but first it is a better idea for Brad to try and hide out for a while than try to get out of the country.
1: Now where can I do that? You don't expect me to stay here in Dawson. There's no nightlife here. Dollsville.
5: I have a little cabin in Sitka, the perfect place. It's got a satellite, a TV, and a playstation.
1: But I'd have to cross the Yukon River now. It's dangerous. The ice is rotten. You can smell it from miles away from all the toxic waste dumped into it by that Monsanto Crepola plant upstream.
5: There is an ice jam below town that stretches from shore to shore and sea to shining sea. Very solid, like a bridge over troubled hills. you will cross it with the girl.
6: I won't go with this ignorant hoser even if he would have promised marriage.
5: You'll do just what I say and
1: like it. I'm not as squeamish as these other two and I'm downright cute in a fay sort of way. Now, give me my goal, Kurt. You behave yourself, (laughs) girly. Don't open your mouth once we get outside, or I'll make you listen to Justin Bieber
0: on my iPod all the way to sitcom.
6: No, not that.
0: You know, Pierre, this arrangement with Brad doesn't settle anything. If the girl ever gets free, she'll go straight to the police. Why not get rid of her now?
7: Why not? (laughs) give get rid of the cellar today. I we can start with the racist, French hitting bigots who wrote this thing and made me a the villain. I am as worried about the blood as I am about the girl. The Northwest mounted police always get their man or a woman if they are so inclined. Some prefer Nelson Eddy, some prefer Jeanette McDonald. Brad is not smart enough to evade Sergeant Red and you can't sparky for long. If he's caught, it will be too bad for us. We must rid ourselves of him and the girl, and the moutie and the hot dog. All four will die. It will seem to be an accident. Accidents happen all the time in Western Canada. Like that Harper guy getting elected. What an accident he was. Let me tell you my idea, Kurt. It is so simple, with no risk.
0: In Sergeant Redpant's cabin, Yukon Sparky watches his slightly overweight mistress pack her saddlebag with dozens of perfumes and condoms just in case she gets lucky on the trail. Be it at an ambush or sleazy motel. Having seen her return drunk and bedraggled for too many of these so-called missions, he whimpers his concern. Don't
2: don't worry, worry, Yukon Sparky. You'll be coming along with me, fella. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hello, Kurt. Pierre, yeah, you two are looking quite delicious today.
0: Pierre and I just saw the man in the gown. He was below town, where the ice is all jammed up across the river, crossing to the other bank. There was a girl with him, and i sure it's Karen. I can only guess at what might have happened. That little slut.
5: She knew we were looking for this man, but she had art. Her palms.
0: I was going after them myself, but Pierre wanted me to come here. That man is dangerous.
2: Pierre? Yeah, he's about as dangerous as a Zagna
0: car. I mean the beach ball guy. Oh. Sergeant Redpants and Yukon
1: Sparky hurry to the Yukon River, where large ice flows piled one on top of another form a natural bridge from one side of the river to the other. Hey kids, did you know the Yukon River has had a history of pollution from military installations, dumps, wastewater, Monsanto-Crapola, and other sources? Well it does, and now you know.
2: Yukon Sparky, don't you be drinking out of that filthy river dog. I don't eat the yellow snow, and you don't drink the filthy water. Got it, Mike?
0: <laughs> the girl Mounty and Sparky run across the ice bridge. What a thrill! It's so exhilarating. They go back and do it again and again. Then, on the far side, the sergeant finds Gary Larson on the far side. Get it? After that, she finds tracks left by Brad and Karen in the melting snow. By now, getting pretty stale and moldy. It's growing dark when they see a lamp shining through the window of a small log cabin. It's a Tim Hortons. Open late, but next door is another cabin and the tracks lead directly to it. The sergeant does not hesitate. Right. She does the Macarena right there on the spot. The Tim Hortons immediately closes for the night.
2: <laughs> Shut the hell up, Yukon Sparky! I want to take this scofflaw by surprise! Mmm, dee-dump, 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 dump dum dumpe-dee-dump,
3: dee-dump. No!
7: Fuck. Oh, oh. oh. What the? Ah.
2: I said throw up your hands, not the contents of your stomach. You're going to have to clean that mess up. Oh, wait. Yukon Sparky is doing it for you.
1: Uh, oh, Red Pants. I'll, I'll kill you a million times. I missed. and You shot me. Something I would never have had to say, except we're on radio. Ah! Yeah.
2: Nice shooting, dildo. I'll bet you couldn't hit the side of a brick shit house with a canoe paddle.
1: Oh, my arm. On top of that, the sarcasm.
2: Well, Sparky,
6: Karen, this fellow certainly fits the description Billabong gave us. Yes, the dress, the nose. He's definitely the man that stopped Laszlo, alright. His name is Brad Peters. No need to tattle,
2: Karen. It's not very becoming in a cross-eyed girl. You're under arrest, Peters. Oh, Sergeant, how did you get here? Oh, well, I tried to call an Uber, but they said they would have a problem crossing the river until the Tory government gets around to building a
6: bridge. No, I mean, how did you know I would be here? Your uncle saw the two of you crossing the ice and reported it to headquarters. My, my my uncle? Sergeant Uncle Kurt's just as guilty as this man is, maybe even more. He's the kind of guy who cheats at solitaire. Brad and Pierre were the two who committed the robbery. Kurt put them up to it. Pierre! I knew there
2: was something I didn't like about that guy. What was that nasty French
6: accent.
5: You see what I mean? These damned white hells.
6: Shut up, Pierre. You're not in this scene. But it was Kurt who planned the whole thing, Sergeant Redpants. The rest of the gold is in his office. You're you're quite the snitch, Karen. How do you know that? I saw it, and I heard them talking. They caught me listening. They called me a snoop. Then Pierre and Kurt persuaded this douchebag standing here with blood pouring from his arm to hold me prisoner. Did he rape you?
1: Hey, come on. What do you take me for? I'm just a closeted homosexual, uh, with a gaping bullet hole.
6: Karen, Karen, are you willing to testify against your uncle? After the way he treated me and Laszlo, I don't owe him any loyalty. Besides, he's a Trump supporter. Oh, that dirty bastard. I'll kill him myself.
1: Had I divined Kurt's political leanings, I'd never have agreed to this heist.
2: Shut up, Peters. I might believe you were you not wearing that Make Canada Great Again hat.
1: Kurt sent you here because he wanted to get rid of me. He (laughs) hoped you'd kill me.
2: Bingo! You sir are right. Sit down, Peters, and I'll apply one of my essential oils by Lavon, the one that uses only trace amounts of organic lye, and bandage your arm with this discarded flypaper I found in the corner. Then, after we have a little nosh skunk jerky, we'll start back to the other side of the river.
0: As soon as the arm is bandaged, Karen, the sergeant, and Brad head to the river. Meanwhile, Kurt and Pierre prepare to carry out the Frenchman's earliest plan. The two varlets have picked up blasting powder and some boiled shoes? It says boiled shoes here. Why the hell would they pick up boiled shoes? Something to eat in case they ran a skunk jerky? Oh, I see. They picked up a coiled fuse so they could set off the blasting powder. I wonder why it had to be coiled. Their next stop is in the middle of the ice bridge spanning the Yukon. There, they set the charge and await Karen, Brad, Yukon Sparky, and Sergeant Redpants. long? Alar- Dear Allo? it's cold. Why the hell did we not do this robbery in Florida?
5: Because in the Florida, they would execute us with their malfunctioning electric chair. I wonder, is it possible that Brad gave a Red Pint plenty of trouble?
0: Brad's no match for the Mouty. She knows Tong-Soo Do and dominates in Mix Cage fighting.
5: Brrrr, Canada. We will be the only witnesses. If we don't freeze, we will go back and report how they were caught in the boycott and suck their way downstream. And speaking of sucking away...
0: Forget it, Froggy. As long as they start crossing before dawn, it'll be fine. I only wish that.
7: Wish? Yeah, sure. I did not get my wish, but you, a damned angler, you cannot make a wish. Look, the other bank! Where? Where do you think, On the Nuts? The other side of the river! The three of them are studying across! The time to hesitate is true! And the time to wallow in the mire!
5: We don't want to lose!
0: What? Suddenly you're Jim Morrison?
5: i like to buy a
0: few. Not yet. That's Brad in front, isn't it? He's been hurt. He's got his arm in a sling.
7: We mount is behind. She helped the girl. If she would only like that tears. Brad's arm will not bother him for long. leg <laughs> like, kaboom! There <they'll> goes arm. <laughs> I make a clever phony. If it weren't for this diamonded girl, it would be hot to let, ladies and gentlemen. Got a match? Your face and my ass. <laughs> I could not stop myself, but I thought you were quite smoking. To light the fuse. I uh, hear you seem flint and tender. I always galive carry- for such occasions as this. Don't ask why. Calling upon his Boy Scout training
1: in using flint to start fires, Kurt manages to light the fuse. As it burns towards the charge of blasting powder, Brad, Karen, and Red Pants with Yukon Sparky at his mistress's heels, approach the middle of the icy cold river.
2: Keep to the left, Brad.
1: Ah, uh, get hosed. There's open water on the downstream side, yo. Want me to fall in?
2: Only if you want to. Some people love bathing in icy polluted water, I'm sure. Ah,
1: uh, shut your pie hole. I'll follow Gary Larson's
0: lead. <laughs> That's another fireside reference, folks.
6: Have it your way, butthead. Yes,
0: you're right, he is a butthead. Yukon Sparky sees the sputtering light of the fuse traveling towards them across the top of the ice bridge. He barks his concern, only because he's got a frog in his throat. A frog that is not Pierre. Hey,
1: enough with the inserts already. But what a brainy dog. In a Pavlovian response to Sparky's cue, Sergeant Redpants looks ahead to see what the dog sees.
2: That fire on the ice over there, it, it it looks like it must be a goddamn motherfucking fuse!
6: A goddamn motherfucking fuse, you say?
2: It must be a goddamn motherfucking fuse! Now, I'm beginning to understand. Kurt and Pierre have set a trap, and we walked right into it. What do you mean? It means we're a bunch of dumb shitheads. They've set a charge of Ahead of us. They're going to blow up the ice jam!
1: Ah, oh, come on! No way! That fuse is going out! <gasps> the ice jam is lifted high into the air. A mushroom cloud forms overhead. Dozens of polluted fish fall on Karen, Brad, and the sergeant. Yukon Sparky eats the ones that fall on him. And then the whole bridge begins to break up. The sergeant and Karen are on top of a huge piece of ice that starts to slide free of the jam into the water.
6: Keep down! Don't try to stand but we're going into the water. we, Cowabunga dudes! It's alright! This ice flows as good as a raft. It'll hold us. Yeah, famous last words. Where's Brad? He went under. Oh, there he is! He was smart enough to bring
2: water wings. I'll give him a hand.
0: Very funny.
2: I've got you!
0: The sergeant pulls Brad out of the water and wraps her own hamster skin parka around him. The ice flow starts moving downstream along with many others from shore to shore and from sea to shining sea.
6: Sergeant, you're right. Even though I'm freezing my ass into a solid block, sitting on this ice is like sitting on a raft. Maybe not George Raft, though. He was a really great actor.
2: Yeah, 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 of course he was. <laughs> He was
1: pretty good in something like an not, though.
6: Couldn't we jump from Flo to Flo and make it to the bank?
1: Ah, I happen to know Flo. I'm dead certain she wouldn't want any of us to be jumping her. She's very picky about who jumps her. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot!
2: (laughs) Everybody in Canada thinks he's a comedian. Well, you and I could make it, Karen. I don't know about this schmuck, though. That arm gushing blood from the gaping bullet hole beneath that flypaper could make jumping somewhat difficult for him. Though I don't know why. Maybe the writers will explain this after the
1: show. I'm all right now, just cold. I'd rather surrender than freeze to death. Long stretch in the cooler's looking pretty good to me now. Get it? Uh, Freezing? The cooler?
2: Ah, you and that wit of yours, you're such the roguish rapscallion. Won't be long before there will be a lot of open water between the floes. Let's go, Brad.
1: Brad starts towards the floating ice bridge, followed by Karen and the sergeant, with Yukon Sparky bringing up the rear, all while sniffing the sergeant's seat. On the bank,
5: Kurt and Pierre watch them.
0: Look at that!
5: I can see a dog sniffing someone's arse. So what? It is what dog has a deal.
0: When they get here, the sergeant will arrest us. By now, Karen's told him all about us.
5: I hope she hasn't talked about the love between you and me. We must stop them from getting here. How? You have a rifle. Stop picking your nose with it and use it the way it was intended.
0: What? And go to jail for murder?
5: If they drown, it will never be found out anywhere, madame. Quickly, shoot! Shoot the bounty first!
0: I can't get a beat on her! I'm distracted by her very small but attractive breasts! I have to move downstream.
5: Well, do it, and fast, you! Jabba, Jabba, Jabba! Me, I say do something and I do it, but you, Jabba, Jabba!
0: Naturally, Yukon Sparky sees the men moving on the bank first, he being the only one in this drama with more than an ounce of gray matter.
2: What is it, Yukon Sparky?
0: Arf, say, babe, there's a
2: man with a gun over there telling us we've got to beware. We've got to stop, children. Yukon Sparky! You've learned to talk! Uh, Arf, Arf, Arf. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, I've, I've been listening to Buffalo Springfield record. Karen, get down! They're shooting at us from the bank! One of the banks that were too large to fail. Either that or Monsanto is going back to shooting cereal from guns.
1: Hey, it's Kurt and Pierre, those skunks. They don't want us to get to shore.
2: They thought they'd blow us into the water. That didn't work. So now they're using a rifle. What can we do, Sergeant? We could dance, but that might make us easier
6: targets for them. I know. Let's keep down. For how long? In a few minutes we won't be able to make it from one ice floe to another. Such a worry warp for so
2: young a girl, Karen. Not an attractive feature. You got Sparky. You got Sparky. Boy, go and get those men. Understand, boy?
3: Yeah, I
2: understand. As usual, you want me to take all the risks just because I'm a dog. Well, what if I refuse? This show would be canceled and we would both be out of a job. Can I at least take a gun? Where would you put it? Good point. Well, here I go again.
6: What can Yukon Sparky do, Sergeant? He's real good at some tricks. He can
2: keep them so busy watching him hide the salami, Karen. They won't have time to shoot at us.
1: Go on, boy. Yukon Sparky is off and away. He's neck and neck with Sullivan's Galloping Giraffe and coming up on Eddie Arcaro, riding atop the Rome Gelding Tinkle in Time. Now he's on the inside. Yukon Sparky takes the lead, moving away from the pack. Into the clubhouse turn in the moonlight, his silver dinner jacket blending with the ice, Kurt and Pierre never see him. Soon he's scrambling up the bank. As Kurt raises the gun to his shoulder once more, Yukon Sparky leaps. With a full force of his charge, he hits Kurt square in the face with his dangling, exposed penis <laughs> and knocks Kurt to the ground. Now the mighty Puggle does a little victory dance on Kurt's head, but Kurt still has the rifle. Yukon Sparky grabs the hand that holds it. Hmm, he thinks, the hand that rocks the cradle. Then he tells himself to stop
0: that crazy free associating, so unbecoming in a dog. The repulsive French fiend, Pierre, picks up a large rock and tries to bring it down on Yukon Sparky's head, but Sparky snarls. Pierre, a regular pansy, retreats and grabs the rifle Kurt has dropped. Before Pierre can raise the gun to his shoulder, Yukon Sparky recognizes the danger and hurls himself at the cheese-eating surrender monkey. Desperately, Pierre tries to beat off the attack by first beating himself off, and then by using the rifle as a club, but Yukon Sparky is too fast for him. He wrests the rifle from Pierre's gummy hands, farts in Pierre's face, and, with a rifle clenched in his jaws, begins clubbing Pierre. Run, Pierre! Be they get to shore! Here comes the mounties!
5: Thanks for the update, dude. Uh, maybe you can see, maybe you can't. Teeth. <laughs> that I can't whine with this demon dog's teeth clamped on my ass! You dirty, little, smelly, Anglo-beast! Get off me! I'm getting out of here!
0: No, you're
2: not, Kirk! Make a move, and I might shoot. I get such a kick out of shooting scofflaws, almost makes my teeth
0: sparkle in this god-forsaking wilderness. Stop! I've got my hands up! Curl this dog off!
2: Release! Yukon, Sparky.
0: Oh,
5: alright. Arf.
2: I'll take that rifle, Pierre. You and Kurt are under arrest in the name of the Queen.
5: Queen? Uh, do you maybe talk about that gay English band with a Freddie Mercury? Hey, kids. Got a pencil handy?
1: Write this down. Monsanto Puffed Crapola. Yes, remember that name. Monsanto Puffed Crapola, the famous breakfast cereal that used to be shot from guns, but is now compounded in the test tube. Buy it! Buy it! You can't get your haggard if you don't
0: eat your Crapola. Do it! Sergeant Red Pants of the Mounties and the Challenge of the Yukon was rewritten in the bowels of the M. Watson Dodge Writer's Cave and Bomb Shelter. Players who choose to reel their names at this time are Rolf! Go round the circle. Billy.
5: Republican voter. (laughs)
0: Larry. M.
1: Watson. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons.
3: they say, Barrr! and they say much you all y'all Huskies, all them Huskies say, Barrr! well, Dirty Dan, a sneaky villain, robbed the train. I have to pay the cost Well, for 30 days, 30 nights They followed the tracks in the snow And the wind was howling The weather was cold Lord, it must been far below zero All of a sudden, Kang That great wonder dog Stopped dead in his track Give out a mighty sniff Start sniffing all around there Cause he knew, he knew He knew that Dirty Dan Was behind the next snow drift. And Sergeant Preston said On kick on your great Huskin, that great Huskin say, oh, 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 Sorry, the president say, get him on Say, sick em. Say, tam him that big dog. Just half through that snow, them teeth fired. Them ears back, and that tail stacking straight up there. Just a shaking his head from side to side and breathing fine. He say, oh, 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 Will they brought that villain for justice? It didn't even put up a fight When it saw that big dog charging at him I almost died of fright And a sergeant wrestling off the